Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I'm here with Scott Freeman. We want to thank you for joining us today on community group training. And the goal of this podcast is to address challenges that group leaders face regularly and to help them feel competent to equip their groups well. Today, we're taking a look at the art of asking good questions. As community group leaders, this is a crucial part of getting to know our group members, helping them to clarify and articulate what their thoughts are and allowing us to wisely speak into the situation with biblical direction. So with that said, let's jump into this episode of Community Group Training. Scott, great to see you today. Glad you're here. Yeah, excited to be here and I'm excited about this topic. I think it can really be beneficial to our leaders. Yeah. Why is asking good questions so important for our leaders? Well, I I know that just personally, I remember a lot more of what I say Mm -hmm. than what I hear. And we want to help our people, if possible, come to conclusions and clarify their own thoughts on their own rather than just telling them what they should think or what they should do. Yeah. Uh, I know I experienced this a few months ago when I went to, to visit a counselor here in town, I was just stuck in a few areas and, and was looking for some guidance. And when I left there, I felt clear. I felt Mm -hmm. unburdened in a way that I had not felt in a few months. And when I thought back on the, just the meeting, there was not anything earth shattering that he had shared with me. There was not really, any new information, he just asked me some good questions and got me talking and helped me to process through things on my own. And so I think us being able to do that with our group members can be so, Mm -hmm. so helpful. Yeah, I think just giving people a chance to discover for themselves what it is that they're feeling, what they're thinking, and just giving them a, a safe place to be able to do that. Asking a question helps kick that off. Sure. And, uh, and you know, Jesus even models yeah. this for us in Scripture. In Luke 9, he asks his disciples, you know, who, who do the crowd say that I am? Mm-hmm. And they, they answered him, you know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say that you're one of the ancient prophets risen from the dead. And then he actually puts them on the hook and says, well, what about you? What, who do you say that I am? And so he could have easily just said, hey, I'm the Messiah. But by getting them to articulate it and asking them questions, uh, I think that's a good, obviously a good example for us to follow. Yeah, he's good at asking questions. No <laughs> that's doubt. right. You know, one way that I've kind of heard this explained is that we want to help our group members think and not tell them what to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, too, a lot of these ideas that we are getting or that we're going to discuss today come from a book um, that we've done trainings on years ago uh, called How to Ask Great Questions by Karen Lee Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put a link to that, I think, in the show notes. And there, there are a lot of other great books from um, leading a small group or even leading in other areas that can be helpful as well. I know John Maxwell has a book called Great Leaders Ask Great Questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many books have been written about this that it's obviously an important topic for, for our leaders. Yeah. What are some mistakes that we often make when asking questions? Yeah, and I, I think I've been guilty of almost all of these at different times thinking back. You know, one thing that I think we can do is, is as leaders, we think of a lot of things that we want clarity on, mm-hmm. and we fire just multiple questions at them at one time, yep. or, or we make it a, a compound question, you know, something like, you know, how did that situation impact you and your spouse and your kids, and what did y'all do about it? I mean, mm-hmm. I just asked five questions yeah. in that one sentence, and things are going to get left out, and it can be overwhelming. So just being careful to ask one question at a time and just mm-hmm. taking your time through that process. 
you know, another thing and and the book that I referred to earlier calls this leading the witness, but asking people, you know, just questions with only two choices Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, did that make you angry or did it make you happy? Well, you've just given them two choices, but really the truth may be somewhere in the middle or somewhere completely different. And so not leading them to an answer. I think sometimes when it's, especially when it's an awkward question, we can try to sugarcoat it or soften the question a little. And honestly, the the better uh, approach is just to be direct and Mm -hmm. ask exactly what you're wanting to ask rather than trying to, to be indirect about it. And then I, I think anyone who's a parent of a teenager can relate to this one, but asking questions that can't be answered with either yes or no or with a one-word answer. Mm. I mean, everybody, again, who is a parent of a teenager knows if you ask your kid, how was your day at school, they're going to say, fine. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've had to come up with new ways to ask that question to, to uh, my kids. You know, mm-hmm. hey, what was the most embarrassing thing that happened to you today or what was the most fun mm-hmm. thing that happened or what, you know, uh, just asking more open-ended, more specific questions than just things that can be answered with one word or right. yes or no answer. So Yeah. Many years ago, we had a leadership retreat and we had Peter Hubbard, mm-hmm. uh, who's a pastor locally here in the Greenville area. He did a talk on asking good questions. I feel like that was very helpful for me when I first heard that teaching. Uh, we'll provide that teaching in the show notes. But another resource that we have used over the years in helping us think better about this is the question killer continuum. Mm. And we'll we'll put that in the show notes as well. But Peter, he addressed these five question killers that were, one of them was finishing, which was failing to listen long enough for someone to speak. One of them was firing, which is multiplying questions too mm-hmm. rapidly. What we've already, already right. mentioned. Yeah. Fixing, which is launching too quickly with responses. Faking, which is listening without listening. I'm a, I can do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then funneling, which is channeling conversations back to you. And uh, this was really helpful. I think many years ago when we shared this originally, the idea was to challenge yourself by evaluating which question killer you most identified with and then create a next step that would help you least identify with that question killer. So, you know, going back yeah. to the, uh, the faking yeah. idea, um, I know I can, it's not that I'm faking listening, but as they are answering their question, I can be thinking about the next question that yeah. I need to ask rather than really so true. taking the time to listen, um, to what they're saying. And that kind of goes back to last month's, um, podcast that we did about leading as a couple and leading as yeah. a team. There are times where I can ask a question and I can really process it if I know that my spouse Mm. is taking time to think about the next question to ask. And so kind of utilizing each other there so that we're not having to always try to be one step ahead. Yeah, it's difficult to be engaged and it's difficult to take notes and, and to ask questions. And I mean, I think a lot of this is just you know, prayer, being prayerfully dependent Mm -hmm. that God is going to help us in the moment and, you know, help us help others discover what it is that they're thinking through. And it is a challenge. So this is definitely a resource that I would say, if you haven't seen the question killer continuum tool, go download that, maybe take 20 minutes with your spouse or just take some time to just think about which question killer maybe you least identify with or most identify with. And that teaching was really good. If you haven't, even if you have listened to that Peter Hubbard teaching, I would say go listen to it again because he he really does double tap Mm -hmm. on 
a lot of things. Well, that's great, Scott. What are a few ideas that we can keep in mind to be better question askers, do you think? Yeah, um, I think... Uh, I think we can always ask more follow-up questions. You know, we we often need more information and asking questions like, hey, can you tell me more about that? Or, yeah. you know, that's interesting. What leads you to that conclusion? Mm-hmm. I know in that teaching that we referenced from Peter Hubbard, he talked about being in a hospital room where he had no idea what yeah. what to say, what the person needed from him. And just by asking a handful of questions, it honestly, it bought him some time, but it also just helped him see, okay, what they need from me right now is just to tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. And so I think you can get more information that that's one purpose and one way that we can be better question askers. Sometimes just asking people to rephrase what they were saying by, by saying something like, all right, so what I hear you saying is, you know, so-and-so and restate it for them. And that way you can get clear on, okay, that is what they were trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can ask follow-up questions to make it more personal. You know, that's the example that, you know, of Jesus in Luke nine, it's, it's easy sometimes for people to make general statements, you know, well, a lot of people think that, you know, such and such and say, well, what do you think about that? And really put them on the hook for, um, for making it personal. And then I, you know, one rule of thumb that I've kind of gone by is I try to ask one more question than I think I need to. Um, And, uh, you know, sometimes that can, you ask enough questions and it kind of gets to an awkward point and asking one more question after that awkwardness arrives is really Mm -hmm. the one that you, you need to ask. One thing that comes to mind, I, one of my roles here on staff used to be to meet with all premarital couples. And one question that I had to to ask as part of that process was where they were intimacy wise, Mm -hmm. you know, had they been intimate in their relationship up to that point. And so there were times when I would ask that and the answer was, well, we were, but we've stopped. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's a relief that, okay, we're, we're in a good place, but the follow-up question to that is, okay, when, when did you stop? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> was that when Yesterday? you first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, by that definition, we've we've all stopped. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> so, right. yeah. So asking that one more question to just get clarity um, and get more more information. Yeah, yeah. I think that is a definitely a, a big. I mean, it's a skill. It's a muscle that you got to figure out how to use. You might not use that muscle all the time. Sure. And and I will say too, sometimes that follow up question that you need to ask. You know, we've got to be wise as leaders about. Mm-hmm the appropriate setting and timing of that. Uh, It may be that that does not need to be done in the group context, Mm -hmm. that that question, you know, you need to follow up with that after the meeting when it's one-on-one. But on the other side of that, I would say that asking follow-up questions can be a great way to involve the group Mm -hmm. and to bring in other opinions. Because I think our, our, one of our main goals as leaders is not to just have, 10 individual conversations with each group member during the course of the meeting, but to ask a question and then that to lead to conversation between other people. And it'd be more of a group thing than just me as the leader having conversations with each individual person. And so asking questions like, you know, has anyone else here had a similar experience? Mm -hmm. What do the rest of you think? Is there anything anyone would like to add? Those can be questions that can help involve the rest of the group and, you know, take ourselves out of the center of that. Yeah. I mean, definitely getting other people 
to be bought in in the conversation. So it's not just you and I are having this conversation, but there are other people involved as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what did, what do you like best about what Scott just said? Um, right. You know, how, how does that impact you? You know, if you were in his situation, how would you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And so that gets somebody else talking, but then it gives the person that was originally answering, it gives them a picture for maybe something that they weren't seeing. So I do think that is helpful to get other people involved. And it really does help me figure out where we're going. Right. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. This has been great. Any other thoughts or any other ideas that we need to address before we land the plane? No, I just, I think um, the the way that all of this kind of goes back to our shepherding values mm-hmm. is is neat that we are trying to know people thoroughly yeah. and really kind of get to know what's beneath the surface so that we can speak wisely to them and give yeah. them biblical direction. Yeah, that's real good. Well, thanks for joining us today, Scott. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. Be sure to take some time to review the resources provided in this episode and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting channel. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, email us. You could do that at grouplife at gracechurchsc.org. We'll get you connected, answer any of your questions. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.